Following the preaching, we will ask the Lord to bless it by his Holy Spirit, and then we will sing from Psalm 119, the section from which our text is, as found in Psalter 329, all the stanza. Dear congregation, belonging to Christ, it's the first Sunday of 2024, and twice again, if able, we may come here to worship. Do we realize that's such a privilege? Can, can anything compare to coming under the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ through his word? There's, there's nothing so great and so good. And you know, when this is your focus and your conviction too, yours and mine, in spirit and truth, not only is that of God, but it is of true and eternal blessing for us in this life beyond description. Is this not also your persuasion and confession with me this morning? Yes, not only as older ones, but also as middle-aged and as young adults and young people and children. Oh, that it may be so and that we encourage each other accordingly. Let's now consider to that end our text passage from Psalm 119. The verses 65 to 80, and especially from the perspective of verse 69b. What does the believing psalmist say there, even when in the midst of assault and slander from others? But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Yes, that's his resolve. You see it. His godly resolve. Regardless of whatever else happens in life, in happy or sad circumstances, in, in good or bad situations, for whatever reasons, he's not going to respond sinfully or as the devil suggests or as the ungodly world dictates. No, but he says, I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Does that, does that find an echo in your heart and mine this morning? Do you agree with me here we have expressed the aim of the godly. In fact, let's have that as our sermon theme. The blessed aim of the godly. And we'll notice in connection with it the psalmist's attitude and inclination and mission. As soon as I mention that word aim, maybe some of you may, younger ones may be thinking of a dartboard in the barn or the shed, or maybe in your basement. And you, you, you throw your darts and you, you look to get bullseye in the middle, right? Or others of you, maybe as hunters, you're thinking about hunting for that deer or moose or bear. And yeah, you, you want to get it. You aim to get it. Well, what is it for you and me to aim rightly in this year, 2024, spiritually speaking? What does it mean to aim spot on? for living before God and our neighbor under God's true and everlasting blessing. Isn't it exactly as what the psalmist in our text has as his godly aim? Praying and testifying before God and our neighbors, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Our text is from Psalm 119. And before looking at it more closely, what can you say about Psalm 119 that's really special? I think the children will know well, it's, it's the longest psalm in the Bible. Psalm 117 is the shortest, and Psalm 119, 176 verses. Yes, 
And you know what else is special? It's a psalm written really beautifully. It has 22 sections following the Hebrew alphabet. So in the first section, all the verses start with the letter Aleph, A, you could say in English. And the second section, all the letters start with, all the verses start with the letter Beth or B in English, we would say. It, it was a way to not only show how beautiful God's word is, but how we can memorize it. There are other so-called acrostic passages in the Bible, some really special ones. You can ask me about that later, or you can look it up for yourself. The two sections that we read from Psalm 119 are in the letter Tes and the letter Yud passages. By the way, others have tried writing Psalm 119 in English with each verse in the first section starting with A and each verse in the second section starting with B. It's a great Sunday exercise. Maybe a couple Sundays. Try it. Someone has said, this psalm, Psalm 119, is the Christian's golden ABC of the praise, love, power, and use of the Word of God. Here we have an in inexhaustible fullness what the Word of God is to a man of God and how a true man of God behaves himself in relation to it. And saying that brings me yet to another truth about the Psalm 119. All the 176 verses, they are about the Word of God and how precious God's Word is. The Psalm uses 10 different terms for Scripture, like Word, statutes, and precepts, etc., judgments, commandments, etc. And the whole Psalm is just prizing and praising God's Word as so most excellent and precious beyond measure. Yes, as treasure, says the psalmist, to prize far, far better than even limitless treasures of gold and silver. Well, again, I ask, is this same your conviction and confession in this Christian worship service together? If so, won't you say with all your heart, with lips sincere, like the believing psalmist of old, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. My aim in the preaching of this verse is that we all would say this in truth before God and each other. Yes, also in the times in which we live, in the perilous times, also 2024. Later in the sermon, I will mention also what drew me to preach on this text today. But come now, without further delay, let's, let's probe together whether this be your and my testimony in truth or not. The aim of the godly. After explaining the verse itself, we'll probe it further by noticing the psalmist's attitude, inclination, and mission in what he's saying in our text. But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. That's clearly the psalmist's aim and resolve. Notice here he doesn't just want to know about God's precepts, God's word, but his desire is to live accordingly. He doesn't want to just keep the word in a box at home or on the pulpit. He wants it in his heart and life, in his thoughts, words, and deeds. This is his godly aim before God and man, both in private and in public, and with whoever he is and with whatever he is doing. And he's genuinely sincere, we can know, when he says to, I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart, or you could also translate, with all my heart. That's what he wants to do. The word heart, you know, refers to the core, the center of our being. And the adjectives, with my whole heart, they, they tell us he's out 
He's out to not hit and miss with God's word. No, but to be wholehearted in this matter. Clearly, he doesn't want to be half-hearted or double-hearted. No, he wants to be sincere and really about this. In verse 80, is a comparable verse. He says in prayer there, let my heart be sound, that is upright, wholehearted, without any sinful holdups or sinful inconsistencies. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. Another verse in this psalm, and many others could be referred to, is verse 133, showing how the psalmist is really wholehearted in wanting to keep God's precepts. In that verse, Psalm 1, verse 133, we read him in prayer to God asking, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Now, if you think about that verse, it's like him saying, Lord, in every detail of all my life, with all my heart, my aim is wholeheartedly to be seeking and serving you in every way and not giving in to sinful desires or lusts at any time with anyone or anything. He doesn't want to transgress God's law. He doesn't want to. Is that same for you and me here today? Pretty convicting, isn't it? It's a good question to ask. Also, the beginning of a new year. Has it been hit and miss with us a lot? You know, sin is missing the mark. Oh, how often we miss the mark, don't we? But here, the psalmist's aim here, in Psalm, 6, Psalm 119, verse 69b, I ask, is it what it's reflected in your heart by God's grace and spirit? Isn't it so necessary? Shall we live truly to be God's people and truly to be blessed also in this new year? You know, I still remember painfully so when in one of the churches I served, I, I preached on this verse, Psalm 119, verse 133, for for New Year's Day, that was my text. But New Year's Eve, as we sometimes do, right? We have get-togethers. And we had several families from the church over. And we had good fellowship, good food, and a good time. And we stayed up till past 12. And we sang and prayed as the new year began. And asked the Lord to lead us and to guide us. And then when everybody left, 1231, we said, we hope to see you in a few hours for New Year's Day service. But then, New Year's Day, one family was sadly missing. And why? Well, they went home. When they went home from our place, the husband and father, he indulged in his alcohol addiction. And he was, as we found out later, too drunk and hung over to come to church and to hear the sermon on Psalm 119, verse 133. His life continuing in a sinful pattern from then on, not with his whole heart desiring to keep God's precepts. Over the years, he fell into more and more sin and disarray including desecration of the Lord's Day. He thought he could go skiing on the Lord's Day and worship God in nature just as well. And, and sure enough, finally it all resulted in a painful divorce and the children in a broken home without true godly example and nurture from their parents. Well, why bring up this sad example? Because you see, if, if we won't and, and don't care to keep God's precepts with our whole heart, then we live as those who are at best hypocrites and not truly God's people. And we open ourselves up to more and more sin and wrongdoing. If you or I can allow any sin 
in our lives and think we can still be good church people and, and fine Christians, we're simply lying and deceiving ourselves. And if it doesn't change, we won't be able to deceive ourselves much longer either. Sooner or later, it always comes out. If not in this life, it comes out after life even. Who we truly serve, either God wholeheartedly or ourselves and this world mostly even when trying to appear somewhat religious still. Well, again I ask, how are you and I living in our personal life, in our premarital life, in our marriage life, in our family life, in our work life, in our business life, in our school life, in our church life before God and each other, in our life as citizens of the land. Can you say the godly aim of the psalmist of Psalm 119 verse 69b is your aim truly before God and man? Does God know? Yes, regardless what others may say evil about you, even when unjustly so, for whatever reasons. Yes, yet this verse, this verse reflects your prayer and your care, your aim and your resolve. Yes, also in this year, 2024. But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Ha, again, I say, who of us here is not convicted? Who of us isn't convicted? But, but we all know of one, don't we? For whom this verse was perfectly true in all his lifetime. Yes, regardless, whatever false accusations and slanderous things people spoke against him. And of course, I mean here, don't I? Jesus Christ, the Savior. This verse tells ultimately of our Savior. In all his beauty and in all his holy resolve, with all his heart to love and obey and keep all his precepts, regardless of what people would say and do to him. There was not a single flaw in Jesus' life. The whole Bible tells us this. All his precepts are about this. Pilate could find no fault in Jesus, though many false witnesses came forward telling all kinds of terrible lies about him and shamelessly misrepresenting him and all his words time and again. And you know Pilate wickedly caved in to the pressures to crucify Jesus and unjustly gave him over to be crucified. But, you know, it's all part of the gospel history, the redemptive story, the gospel message of, of Jesus as the just for the unjust, giving his life a ransom for many, all to bring sinners like us who fail so often to God and to bless us in and through him. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, he was made sin for us who himself knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in and through him. Our text, I'm preaching on it, not ultimately to promote self-righteousness, but to promote Christ's righteousness, which the precepts of God are all about. But congregation, what was true of Jesus the Savior, the Lord, when we trust him, he graciously and gloriously also makes true of his people, or not? Yes, here in part, but then one day in perfection. That's the gospel message. All of Psalm 119 also makes this so very clear. When you and I, by grace, through faith, trust and follow Christ as our Savior and Lord, and don't many of you confess that? Then, then we also want to keep his precepts with all our heart. Isn't that right? We don't want to miss the mark 
No, God help us. When we learn experientially of the Lord's full and free salvation through the crucified and risen Redeemer, then we also want to live to His praise and, and to have Him as our all and all. With no secret sins, no. And no unlawful, God-dishonoring, word-denying exceptions, no. I will keep that precepts with my whole heart. Yes, but yet it remains a struggle, doesn't it? Here below, even for the most holy, with many failings, many shortcomings already in the new year. So it's January 7, and who of us hasn't missed the mark already this new year? But nevertheless, it's what becomes, you see, our heartthrob longing and prayer and aim in life when truly saved. Then we don't excuse and cling to our sins and say, well, we're not as bad as others. No, but we repent of our sins daily, and we repeatedly find refuge and renewal in Christ the Savior, indeed, time and again. That's, that's what describes the Christian life. Christian life is, isn't about being perfect ourselves, but always looking to Christ. That's what the whole Bible is about, the precepts of God. And we say, yes, then, in spirit and truth, God knows, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Well, again, I ask you, one and all, is this blessed aim of the godly resonating with you, dear congregation? Everyone here, whether younger or older, Will you have this as your bullseye goal before God and man, God helping you in this new year, 2024? And will you, as Christian congregation, so encourage and exhort one another too in true brotherly love and care for one another? Saying that, let's look closer now at this blessed aim of the godly as expressed in Psalm 119.69b, seeing also something of the believing psalmist's attitude and inclination, and mission, along with this godly aim he has. From the verses surrounding our text, we learn the Christian attitude of the psalmist. He's not speaking arrogantly. You see that with me, right? When stating his aim. But I will keep thy precepts with all my heart, with my whole soul, with my whole heart. No, clearly, he's saying this humbly, and, and not in self-reliance at all, but in humble, hearty dependency on God alone. The psalmist knows, he knows his own tendency to go astray and to fall into sin. And he acknowledges his need of God's grace and mercy and even his fatherly chastisements to lead and keep him in God's ways. You, you can't help but see this in verses 67, 71, and 75. The point is, included in the psalms, psalmist's godly aim is a humble attitude. The mark of the ungodly is pride and being proud, as reflected also in the, in the first part of verse 69. And again in verse 78. In the latter we read, Let the proud be ashamed, for they have dealt perversely with me without a cause, but I will meditate in thy precepts. Are you this day and this year having and showing a humble spirit, humble attitude before God and man? Not only does a psalmist reflect a humble attitude, but along with that, a teachable attitude. They go together, don't they? The proud are those who think and act as if they know it all, and they can do it all. But the humble and the godly learn something of their weaknesses, and that really they know so little, especially concerning God and His gospel way, and how we need ever to be taught by God and upheld by Him and His word. 
Don't you see this teachable spirit reflected with me in verses 66 and 68 and 73? Read it there. The psalmist prays repeatedly, teach me. I think it's found eight times in this whole psalm. Teach me. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Teach me thy statutes. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Are you and I humbly teachable like the psalmist or not so? Does God maybe have to send us in sovereign mercy and grace, if he chooses to do so, some hard knocks to awaken us from our sin and misery left to ourselves? You know, in Psalm 32, verse 8 to 10, David, after his foolish going astray, in God's name he testifies and exhorts, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. The wicked go their own way and make such a mess and bring so much trouble. And here just to drive home how foolish and wrong to be as the horse or as the mule without understanding and stubbornly unteachable, especially before God. Let me tell you this old story of a farmer who lent his donkey to a neighbor. The neighbor had asked if he might borrow the donkey to tow a wagon to town. And the farmer brought the donkey, gladly letting him have it, to borrow it. And he said to the neighbor, all you have to do is speak gently to him and tell him he gets some hay when he brings you safely back home. Well, the farmer left, and shortly after, the neighbor went to go to town with his wagon behind the donkey, all hooked up and ready to go. The neighbor tried to carry out the instructions of the father. But no matter what he said and how gently he spoke and the hay he promised, yet the donkey refused to budge. Finally, the neighbor, in frustration, went back to the neighbor, to the farmer, and said, it's not working, as you said. The farmer then returned with the neighbor, taking with him a huge stick, and he promptly hit the donkey hard on the head with that stick. After that, the donkey listened to the gentle comment about the hay. Sorry, the farmer said to the neighbor, I forgot to tell you that you first have to get the donkey's attention. Congregation, has the Lord not got our attention over the years past? Also here in different ways. Oh, from this story, let us learn not to be unteachable, but to have a humble and teachable attitude and spirit. For it's so linked to having a godly aim, as our text speaks of it. And how sad and wrong when you should continue in this new year unteachable, thinking you can manage fine on your own. The Bible calls such people fools. And none of us can count on it that God necessarily will wake us up to our folly. We don't deserve it. He could just cast us to hell if he wanted to. If you won't and don't repent and believe today, well, just listening to God's preached word here, if you don't take that to heart, before you know it, it could be forever too late. If you and I keep hardening our hearts against the gospel word, we may become so cold and indifferent to God and all his word. That happens, you know. And God forbid that it should be the case for anyone among us. How that should awaken us indeed. 
to come to our senses while it's yet the day of grace. God's revealed will in all his word is that you and I trust and obey him and his gospel word. And the sooner the better and the more the better. Think here of the earnest exhortation in Revelation 1 verse 3. There we read, blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy which are and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Here we should notice something else about the believing psalmist's godly aim and the attitude reflected with it. Not only does he come across humble and teachable, but, but prayerful too. You, you see that with me, right? You can't miss it. Almost you would say the whole prayer, the whole psalm is a prayer, a prayer to God that he may be led and kept in the way of God's gospel word. Isn't, isn't the whole psalm one of testifying, Lord, except, except you keep me. Except you lead me. I'm bound to go wrong. Please lead me by your word. Verse 170. Let my supplications come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. You find the expression, O Lord, 22 times in this psalm. Beautifully. O Lord, keep me. Help me. Let thine hand help me. 173. For I have chosen thy precepts. The last verses of the psalm read, Let my soul live and it shall praise thee. Let thy judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Well, do, do you hear it with me, congregation? That how prayerful and careful the psalmist's attitude is, along with being humble and teachable. Do you know, too, from your own experience, how the godly aim of verse 69b but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart is so closely related to our attitude, to a, a godly attitude that's expressed throughout this psalm. When you're going to miss the mark, check the attitude. Does hearing this all make you say and pray now even with me under the preach word, Lord, please give me that, that aim of verse 69b along with the godly attitude accompanying it. Let me have this godly aim and grow in it more and more for as long as I live. Come what may, by your grace and mercy in Christ Jesus. And saying that, we come to our second reflection of the psalmist's godly aim. Not only thinking about the Christian attitude behind it, but the inclination, the holy inclination reflected. In verse 112 of this psalm, he even says, I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. In other words, he's saying his heart and life is steadfastly, zealously longing for and bent on trusting and obeying all of God's word and always to live in submission to that word of God. God helping him day by day. You know, the inclination of his heart was for God and for all his word. And congregation, where, where, does, where always does does such godly and good inclination come from? Not, not from ourselves. You, you know that, right? Not from ourselves. It, it's, it comes from God, the God of salvation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The psalmist says as much, for instance, in verse 88, praying there to God, quicken me, meaning, Lord, make me alive, renew me, revive me. After thy loving kindness, so shall I keep thy, the testimony of thy mouth. 
And hear what he says in verse 32. I will run the way of thy commands when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Oh, you know, I read this week about a, a lot of so-called New Year's resolutions that they are all about, quote, New Year, new me. New Year, new me. And are looking to self to improve and better oneself. But time and again, it all falls flat. We need more congregation than a little reform in our life. We need regeneration of heart and life by God's grace and spirit. We each must be born again. Only then do we find deliverance from sin and evil from within us and around us and a steadfast resolve and purpose and aim of a new life in godliness looking to Jesus. And you see, this is what the whole word of God is about, teaching us this way. That's why it's so hopeful, so precious. Also preaching on this this morning. This gives hope for every one of us. Also in regards to the godly aim of Psalm 119, verse 69b. But I will keep your precepts with all my heart. With my whole heart. When this verse convicts you and me of our sin and misery of ourselves. And how hopeless it is to rely on ourselves. Truly to be saved and sanctified. Well then, then let it cause you to call on God with the psalmist. Oh Lord, 22 times. Oh Lord, for his regenerating and reviving work. Pleading God's mercies for Jesus' sake alone. And you will not be put to shame. 2024 doesn't have to be the same old as years past. No, God still hears the prayers of the poor and needy who come to him. And he comes to the rescue as you plead his mercy. He renews, he's saved, he's sanctified sinners by his power. All who call on him, come then in repentance before him and in faith to him, even for a first time or else afresh once again. And you will not be put to shame. No, the Lord can make the godly aim of Psalm 119 verse 69 be your and my aim too every day. And here I share now why I'm preaching on this text today. The last few months I've been reading the verses 65 to 80 of Psalm 119 almost every day. You know why? Well, in our family tradition, and as a gospel minister, I often have matched birthdays with the verses of Psalm 119. And I never run out of verses. And the verses 65 to 72 are actually in the time frame of my own age presently. In fact, verse 69 is the verse matching my present age. And reading these, this, this verse a few months ago, I reflected on it before God and, and prayed to him asking, Oh Lord, is this verse 69b, especially now, is it true of me too? Oh, let it be so, I pray, Lord. For Jesus' sake alone, don't let me live a single second not wanting this verse to be true of me in my thoughts, words, and deeds. But I will keep that precepts with my whole heart. And you know, even as I prayed this for myself, I thought, let me with God's help call and urge all others to this same godly aim in life. And again, how wonderful, congregation, that we don't have to work ourselves up to this aim. But God will give us this aim 
as you and I look to him and call upon him for his mercy and grace. Jesus Christ, again, he lived the perfect, sinless life, and he did it all already. And, and then he yet died on the cross as one accursed of God, paying the punishment for sin we deserve as substitute for sinners, that all who trust and follow him might truly and forever be saved. His name is Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so, let's call on him. Notice too with the inclination of this psalmist, which he received from God, and which we may receive from God, that he doesn't only realize it's a given inclination, given from God above in his mercy and love, but he is most glad, he's really grateful for this renewed inclination. Over and over he testifies. You can read it in the psalm. The way of God's precepts, they're not only the right way, but his precepts lead to fullness of life and to everlasting life. And he talks about it being so delightful and good. He doesn't find God's precepts, God's commandments grievous or burdensome, but rather so liberating and, and so life-giving and fulfilling. You know, congregation, God's laws and precepts, we read just in the Teth and Yud sections of Psalm 119, they, they were so much the psalmist's delight, his joy, even despite how people mistreated him and how he had difficulties in life from others from himself and whatever. Verse 65 exclaims, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. And I ask you, don't all Christians, true Christians, actually give this same testimony by God's grace and spirit? Then, then you learn to say with the psalmist of Psalm 84, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord our God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O oh Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man that trusts in thee. And even, indeed, that's how it is, congregation. And even so, may I earnestly exhort and encourage all, everyone here, from your youngest years on, to learn from Psalm 119 that God, the aim of verse 69b, but I will delight. Uh, but I, I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Yes, let that, that be your aim, looking to the Lord alone to give you this aim and to have you keep this aim as the years go by, accompanying it with the believing psalmist's attitude and inclination of heart. Don't anyone continue in sin and unbelief, thinking you can have life in its fullness apart from God in Christ Jesus. No. The way of transgressors is hard. The Bible says in many places and shows it. And I'll find this out sooner or later. There's no turning. Don't be such a fool. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. No Christian ever regrets being led and heartily committed in God's ways according to all his precepts. We only say, I wish it had been sooner rather than later. And consider yet here, to confirm all this, a third gospel truth about the psalmist's godly aim in 119 verse 69b. Namely, namely the mission that comes along with it. The mission. And doesn't, doesn't the whole psalm and really all of scripture, as well as all world history, prove actually how wonderfully purposeful and really promising and fulfilling life becomes when living 
the godly aim of Psalm 119, verse 69b. When we have this blessed aim for life, our lives by God's grace and spirit become guided by God's gospel word, and we then live ever looking to Jesus ourselves and testifying of Him as only Savior and Lord to others. And then we live praying and working in Christ-like love and care to build up and to bless and encourage others in the faith and to point others to His Word and to the Savior, the Word made flesh. You know, without holiness, we cannot faithfully witness to others. But the more we live in the way of Psalm 119, verse 69b, the more you and I become, even without our realizing it, such positive, good-doing, encouraging, and genuine Christian witnesses in our conduct and in our conversation before others. Ah, oh, just think with me. Open your eyes and ears and observe surely. What a blessing in the time of pre-marriage. And what a blessing in marriage. And what a blessing in family life. And what a blessing when a godly person at work and in society, you are living by Psalm 119 or 69b. But I will keep that precepts with my whole heart. Notice how this comes out. The mission blessing comes out in verses 63 and 74 and 79. Verse 63 testifies, I'm a companion to all of them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. And this means I'm a godly friend and a helper with all those who seek and serve the Lord in spirit and truth. And then verse 74 tells what a joy so to live. We read there, they that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hope in thy word. And the meaning is, well, others will find out then. We come with true and with wise answers in life's challenges. And we come with, with God-given rich comfort and consolation in life's trials, all as founded and grounded in God's inspired, infallible, inerrant word. Yes, which is so full of good news for body and soul, in life and death, in our every need. Truly, congregation, nothing can gladden the hearts of God's People so much as seeing others live in humble, humble, hearty repentance and faith and obedience before God and His Word. And nothing makes people so sad, God's people, when seeing children or young people or, or friends or people from church turn away from God and despise God's Word. Because, because you know, when you know the Word and you know God, you know nothing does so much positive good than knowing God and His Word and living by it. And always ungodliness and, and, and living in sin instead. It, it just results in, in misery and dismay. It does, sooner or later. And if not repented of, it leads to eternal ruin. What does Paul say, though, in 1 Timothy 4, 8b? But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. And in 1 Timothy 6, 6, he, he writes likewise, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For sure, beloved, life becomes so purposeful and promising and gospel mission-oriented in word and deed. We're living by our text, Psalm 119. You and I need never be ashamed living in that way. No. Whereas you are constantly ashamed and filled with pain and you make such a mess when you forget or refuse to live as taught us by God's word. And you won't keep his precepts. Well, the Bible itself, congregation, it, it, it's so rich 
and increasingly meaningful and helpful for us in teaching us these things. We're living by God's grace and spirit as the psalmist of Psalm 119. How the writer of the psalm, he rejoiced in and with God's word as he lived by it day by day, asking God's soul to lead him year by year. He found so much comfort and joy and such treasure and pleasure in God's word. He says as much. He says in verse 162, I have rejoiced at thy word as one that finds great spoil. And then verse 167, he says, My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. And in verse 72, the last of the teth section, he professes, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Well, do you hear it? How God's people living by God's word when it's well. They find such gems and pearls, some pearls of God's gospel riches that so thrill and motivate them in seeking and serving the Lord. And they have such purpose, such joy in living all out for God in the way of our text. But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Well, may God so bless this sermon that not a single one of us here can rest content without the godly aim of the psalmist in our text. And that we grow and glow to God's glory in praying and aiming so to live and to die. God helping us from our earliest years till our last breath. If you know how miserably you have failed in this year's past and even in this year already, then confess it. Confess it and ask the Lord for his cleansing and renewal and revival. And you will not be put to shame. The Savior still lives. He's still out freely to forgive sinners totally, as many as repent of sin and call on Him and to give a new start even today, even this week. Live now then in 2024 with God's Word as a lamp to your feet and a light upon your path, having this whole year God helping you. The blessed aim of the godly psalmist. But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. When you see yourself failing or flailing, check your attitude, check your inclination, check your mission, and get it recharged again, going to the Lord. Oh, may God so bless us and make us a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this Psalm 119. What a psalm it is. It's so convicting, but it's also so encouraging. The, also that the psalm is altogether such a prayer to God. The psalmist isn't relying on himself, but he's relying on you. And that's why we know that what he aimed for, he also could do. Not perfectly on this side of heaven, but it's, it's the future that you promise all your people. And what will that be? Always to live in perfection in accordance with all God's word and will, just like our Savior. Oh, Lord, give us that holy outlook and perspective. May we encourage each other in the way of the Lord, in the way of Psalm 119, verse 69b. I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Let none of us be content with anything less. Oh, Lord, work it by your Holy Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing now this psalm part as found in 329. And then our doxology is also.